everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies on this show. And this episode is the winner of last month's Patreon vote. Every month our patrons get to vote between four films and a theme usually. The theme this time was Dario Argento and the winner was Tenebrae, which we are going to talk about today. So that's what we're going to do. Tim, how are you? What's happening? What's hip? What's, what's, what's hopping? Oh, jeez. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty used to... Li driving at this point, but yesterday like freaking almost broke me. Like, I basically got stuck between uh, my home and a parade that was going through, and um... it took me like no joke, like hours to get like the two miles to my house. It was insane. That... <laughs> it, it's it's my fault because I like you know if, if I would have. I don't know, known that it was going on, I would have said, okay, I'll save these errands for tomorrow or next weekend or whatever. Mm. Um, but I didn't realize, so I just went out and then, uh, yeah, the thing is, it, it sucks because it's one of those things where you reach that point where you're stuck with everybody. So it's like, it's not like you just get somewhere and you're like, oh, this is blocked off. Let me turn around and I'll get back on the highway and do a big sweep it's like oh no i'm stuck but now i'm like stuck in between like you know two lanes where everyone is stuck and no one's going anywhere no one's letting you in on anything and it's just you gotta sit back and be like oh uh. i don't know i i thought you'd start the show peppy i thought i'll, I'll, I'll hand it to tim <laughs> you'll start with a peppy story and i got traffic's depressing it took yeah. so long to get home <laughs> It was my one, you know, it's, I, and I had already, I worked overtime yesterday too, so I'd already been coming off a five hour shift and was just, uh, just tired and did, not happy. Did you at least have a podcast to listen to? Were you, were you, you weren't just sitting there miserable in silence, were you? Oh, well, I was with my roommate, so depends on even worse you know, if, okay. you, if you like them. Even worse, I like, okay. I like them enough, so. Uh, Terribly. <laughs> Yeah. Dario Argento's film mm-hmm. uh, about an author who wrote a book called Tenebrae about, about killings, yeah. about murders. And Hold on a second. Oh. You keep going, but we are back. Okay, Tim's left me on, on my own to describe. This is bizarre. There's, there's a cat. Hey, cat. Uh, the audio people can't see the cat, but there's a cat in Tim's bed uh, wagging his tail at me. So, yes, Tenebrae. <laughs> I just wanted to close my door, but the cat <laughs> threw it open. <laughs> the, uh, so, Tenebrae is about an author who wrote a, wrote a horror story. And he comes to Rome for for uh, you know publicist reasons. He's, he's there to promote the book. He's there to promote. Yeah. His agent's played. His agent's played by John Saxon, the legend that he is. I couldn't believe it. I was like John Saxon, <laughs> get out of town. <laughs> also, I couldn't believe it. I had to do a double take because the the author's name was Peter. So I had to look it up. I'm like, it's not Peter. Peter is it? But no, it was just some guy. <laughs> Yeah, 1982, before I was born, Tim, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you were mixing him up. He was already in his 50s in 1982, mm-hmm. and you were confusing him with me. He's probably dead by now. <laughs> well, I mean, what are you now, like early 50s? or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I'm pushing 50, Tim. I look good for my age. So, oh. <laughs> you shut your face, you shut your face Mr. Mid-30s. Oh, early 30s. Come on now. Early. 32 is not mid. Do All right. Math. I would have argued. If you said 33, I'd have argued. 33, I think, is debatable. What? No, 35, <laughs> mid, middle. Do you not know how the idea of you're middle not, works? Tim, you're not just in the mid-30s for one year. You're, you're in your mid-30s for a, a period of time. <laughs> it's early 30s, 
one year of middle <laughs> and <not>. then late. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thir- 33 to 37 no. is mid-30s. No, 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 no way. I'll give you four, five, and six. That's middle. Because then otherwise you bail, then what is early or late? That's nothing. Early is 30 to 32. No, 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 no. Late is 38 to 39. Maybe 37 as well. I will see how you feel once you hit 33. You'll change your tune. (laughs) I probably will. But when I'm 33, Tim, you'll be in your late 30s, so you can suck it. (laughs) Okay. And there'll be no debating with that. Because <laughs> we just drew the lines. Anyway, so author named Peter, as we've clearly established at this point, uh, and of course, killings start happening. A uh, young woman in the city of Rome start dying, and notes get sent to the author afterwards, implying that his book is the inspiration or that he is in some way the infatuation of the killer. And of course, there's a police investigation and more killings happening. It's a Jalo film, and it's very stylish. Uh, lots of uh, very kind of synthy music, lots of uh, long camera shots, that kind of thing. It also has the traditional Italian thing. Now, obviously, there's some American actors in here, but it has the thing where it's clearly all dubbed, and obviously, John Saxon dubbing his own voice looks pretty good. Like, it's, it works fine. <laughs> looks but, very good. <laughs> but there's other cast members who are not necessarily dubbing their own voice, mm-hmm. and it, yeah. you know, it's a little bit spotty, but that's just kind of, mm-hmm. powerful of course with uh, films from Italy this time period, in this genre especially. So, uh, it's the same if you go back to the, the spaghetti westerns, like a lot of those movies. <laughs> which are Italian, that's what they're called, spaghetti, Tim. I am aware, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, uh, you'd seen this before, I assume. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. Parts of it did seem familiar. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I did see it before. I just I couldn't recall though. It's um, if I did, it's been a while. Yeah. Also, if anyone's like wondering, oh, I'm I'm surprised Tenebrae won and not Suspiria. Suspiria wasn't in the vote because Suspiria is mm-hmm. getting a remake later in the year. So we're going to just do the original before the remake comes out. So that's happening later in the year. Don't worry about that. We're the, yeah. But we're not remaking won. it, but we will be watching it. Yes, we're not the ones remaking it. That is true. Just to be clear, T- Tim's hitting with some straight facts. His his, his mid thirties definitions are a bit spotty, but the facts here cannot be disputed. So, Tim, do you enjoy Tenebrae? Do you do you, do you like it? Uh, I did. So, um, as you know, I'm the biggest uh, Argento fan on the podcast, and um, I between two people, Tim, that's not that much of a statement. Just for the record. Um, and yeah, so uh, I like him uh, a lot. Um, this I enjoyed this, but um, I, I do feel like it, it was um, like it, it definitely wasn't up to maybe the usual standard I hold him in. Like everything felt like it was there, just maybe not to the degree that I wanted it. Like um. Like there definitely was like you know some bright vibrant color style there, but not like all the time. Like a lot of this stuff was in the daylight, and um, you know kind of just looked uh, maybe like a little bland from time to time. Um, and then uh, like the story, I actually wasn't super fond of. Like the it, I think it starts off good, and you know it's an okay enough murder mystery, but then I, I feel like the ending is just kind of like a oh like that's. All right, that's the reveal. I wasn't too crazy about it, but um, I mean, mm-hmm. I loved the. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, yeah, that is pretty bad shit. I'll just, yeah. Just, just, just throw that in. 
but uh but there is yeah i mean it is certainly very you know shallow there is like some you know really cool stuff with that i like and the um you know obviously the the violence and the gore is really really good in, in particular there's this one uh let's just say a limb chopping scene that was just <laughs> fantastic uh, but yeah, overall, I would say I, I did like it quite a bit. But um, I was like, I was hoping I was gonna like just love it, and um, yeah, I would say I wasn't quite there. Uh, I liked it quite a bit, um, probably a little bit more than you did. Um, I would put this, you know, in a reasonable place on his filmography of the ones I've seen because sure. I don't love all of his movies that I've seen. There's there's a couple that I'm not like I wasn't so keen on Inferno when I saw it. It's been a while, um, but you know, so I, yeah. I, I could even tell you what I didn't like about it now. But <laughs> I, I remember that one being, unfortunately, like a little slow. I, I, I really like the ending in Inferno, but the build-up is kind of lacking. Mm. But you know, so 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 some movies that I've had, I mean, I, I'm not so keen on. There's some that I really, yeah. I, I really like Bird with a Crystal Plumage. Um, mm. Deep Red's pretty good. Cat on Nine Tails mm-hmm. is pretty good. You won't stop. You won't shut up about uh, Dracula 3D. What? Shut up! Nothing to do with this. Shut up. So, uh, Terribly, I actually think, I think it's pretty good. I, I, now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of critiques that I'll make, especially when we get to spoilers and we talk about the plot, mm-hmm. um, and we talk about some really bizarre like character decisions, some really bizarre lines of dialogue. There's definitely <laughs> this weird sheen of, like, people don't act like this. People, the, the logic of human beings is not aligned with what the logic is in this movie. Um, but I think that's actually kind of typical of the genre, of, of Jalo yeah, specifically. I, yeah, you get that of Jalo a lot. Yeah. But yeah, the, to this though, it does. It feels like a little bit to the like umph degree where you like, eh, you know, some like something about this feels like maybe a little more unusual than what you would get in like the standard Jalo film. And I do agree, the plot and the reveal is a little bit iffy, but I never really come to Jalo films for the plot. The plot tends to always suck. True. <laughs> Right, fair. <laughs> it yeah. always suck. Um, what makes Jalo films usually good is mm. the the style, the music, the kill scenes, mm. the violence. Those are the elements that make it work. How it's directed, and mm. I think on those fronts, this delivers quite a bit. Um, I was a little like not super pumped on the music. Like it, it, it wasn't bad, but oh, for, right. it didn't seem very noticeable to me for the most part. I mean, you know, maybe because it's like, you know, if, when you're used to stuff like, you know, like the music in Suspiria or something, which is just like, like, wow, you know, that's like... Well, sure. Like, it's not necessarily know. the best soundtrack in any Argento movie, but I think it really works. It's got this pulse to it. Um, I like how the kill scenes are handled. The, the, cause Those are I, great, yeah. I think it's interesting that they have kind of the murder mystery thing where you never see the killer's face, it's just the hand. And sometimes I don't think those are as satisfying as when we just have like... A Michael Myers or whatever, who who we can see doing doing the, the deed, right? Yeah, it, especially when it's like if that's the point of the movie, and you know that like this is kind of all you're gonna see up until the end. Yeah. However, I feel like Giallo is the, the genre that makes it work better. I feel like they they do the yeah. oh we don't know who the killer is, and we're seeing it from POV or whatever, and it kind of works. Not that POV can't work. Uh, see the Maniac remake for how good a POV serial killer movie can be because <laughs> that's can. true. Yeah. Uh, and we need to do that in the show at some point. That, 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 that is... Have we not done it? We've not oh done either gosh. of them. Either the original or the remake of Maniac. I've actually never seen the original, so that's It's also good. I actually I mean, I mean, I see the remake, like, oh, I really like the original. What was the point of remake? This is going to be stupid. And then, like, five minutes into it, I'm like, this is amazing. What? Is, is this the whole movie? Is the whole movie POV? Holy shit. Um, 
so yeah, the, those are movies that we should do at some point. But the the the, the kill scenes work for me. Um, it does have mm-hmm. that that gel quirkiness. Uh, you do have friendly faces like John Saxon. There is like this yeah. odd thing where. I feel like people don't react to the fact that people have been murdered enough. Like everything seems so <laughs> casual and still kind of calm and friendly, even after murders have yeah. happened. And it's like this yeah. is bizarre. This is like <laughs> it, I always say it's like it's not, it's not like Tommy Wiseau levels of like you know bizarre, but it's like it's still yeah. it's weird, <laughs> especially when it gets to the point where people that the author knows have started dying, and it's still just like ah the killer struck again. Would you like a cognac, dear? Like yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's very <laughs> I don't know, very polite. It's a very polite Jalo film. Like, they kind of, like, treat it almost like they know they're in a... Like, the way, you know, people watching, like, a murder TV show would be trying to, like, figure out the clues and figure out who it is. They almost yeah. treat it like that as opposed to, like, real life. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the horror of people actually getting murdered does not get... Mm-hmm. You know, that's not there at all. It's just... Uh, uh, but no, I really... I, think, I, I, I got into the movie. I think this one holds up quite a bit. Yeah, no, it's not... Don't get me wrong. I, I, I still think it's good. Um you know and i i definitely liked it more than you know just like an okay movie it was just you know again a uh, huge argento fan so i was like sitting down expecting to be like oh yeah like i uh, can't wait and then so i was just kind of like all right that was good would i upset you if i told you i like this more than phenomena uh i think you're crazy but because <laughs> <laughs> i tell you i'll tell you one thing for sure uh this movie don't have no chimp in it <laughs> so <laughs> that is true there's no chimp i can i can, I can confirm that uh no, i, I I think there was one thing you forgot to mention with uh, Jalo movies. Uh, a big important factor in them is they got to be sexy. <laughs> and <laughs> they got to be sexy, or more specifically, they got to be sleazy. They got to be sleazy. sleazy yeah. Yes, there's, there's, there's definite sleaze in this. Some good sleazy uh, moments. In particular, a very good like. Ooh, this is like. This feels trashy, but it's also kind of beautiful. The uh, the high heel scene I thought was like ooh. Which high heel? There's, there's multiple high heel scenes. Are we talking about the flashback? Uh, okay. Yeah, flashback. Yeah. Flashback, okay. Which yeah. takes place uh, in Rhode Island. Shout out to uh, my home state. Yes, but all the good serial killers come from. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just seemed like a weird thing to be like, I was like, oh, why is this in Rhode Island? All right. It also didn't, it didn't seem like Rhode Island when it was in the flashback. It, was, it, was, it almost looked like a sunny paradise whenever it went in the flashback. Yeah, it was it's like... like... I mean, Rhode Island, it is the ocean state. So, <laughs> like, we do have beaches and stuff, but they're not very nice. Like, I guess maybe... That was supposed to be like a ritzy Newport Beach area or something, but it didn't really. Yeah, it, it felt like Hawaii or something like that. Whenever it cut back to yeah. it, like they're on vacation in some <laughs> tropical wonderland. It's yeah. like this is proper guy. This is them. This is in Italy. They were trying to sell tickets to Rhode Island for vacation, so they're like, "Here, <laughs> come to Rhode Island, a paradise amongst men." Uh, yeah. Now they probably just lean too heavily on like the Family Guy connection or something. Oh God! Can't come to Rhode Island, the home of Peter Griffin. Yeah, yeah. Another Peter that I had to be like, wait a minute, is this okay? No, very good. Tim, it's a common name. You're gonna have to get over this. Like, how, how do you think it is for me? Every time I hear about it, it's stuck in a well, little Timmy well, down the well. It's always down the well. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought we had like a different like uh. At first, I, th- I thought you were saying like Peters get stuck down wells a lot. So I was like, oh wait a minute, is this a like a I don't know a different like a different thing about where we grew up? Like you get a lot of Peters, we get a lot of Timmys over here. No, no, okay, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're gonna go weird path though. So yes, terribly. <laughs> Um, this, how, how are we almost 20 minutes I feel like we've really spoken about it in the movie uh, so 
So, yeah, there does need to be those sleaze. Um, in fact, there's one particular scene uh, where both the, the women's tops are just kind of see-through. And you can yeah. see the nipples. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, sure. And what's even bizarre is that they heavily imply that this is a lesbian couple, right? And okay, fine, right? But then one half of them, like one of the women in the couple, also likes to have casual sex with men and tells the other yeah. not to get jealous. The whole thing just feels like a sleazy porn movie. Like it's just, oh sure, you know, it's just, this is not necessarily real life. This is just <laughs> when a porn movie, you know, oh, you know, about you know, I, I, like, I like a man too. So you, you know, we'll yeah. have the lesbian scene, then we'll have the, the straight sex scene, then we'll go back and forth. Maybe there'll be a threesome at the end. You know, there'll, yeah. there'll be the whole all the match, you know, all the matchings possible that we we could yeah. possibly do. <laughs> Yeah, we don't, you don't want anyone. You don't want any viewer to feel left out. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah, because I'm sure. I'm sure actual gay women watch this and go, "Yes, this, this speaks to me in my experience in life." Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So much so that the, the 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 one who's having sex with the man says, "Don't come home for an hour. I'm going to have sex with him." <laughs> I mean, it, it's Rome. What do you want? I'm sure. Because it's no, just like not. because she's not happy about it, but it's like no. no I'm going to tell you I'm about to cheat on you, so don't come home for another. Yeah, it's uh, good to know. I didn't know that was a uh, an option. <laughs> Tim, you're about to get married, so I'm I'm, I'm telling you this. I really energy understand that this is not okay. Okay, I'm right, just making sure. Honey, don't come home. I've got company. <laughs> Listen, I, I saw it in our Argento movie. Okay, <laughs> I'll put a sock in the front door. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, yeah, I will give the spoiler warning so we can talk about the plot right. and what's going to happen. So full spoilers for Teddy Bray. <clears throat> I want to make a strange complaint about the start because the movie starts with the uh, the Peter character coming. He's, he's in the airport mm. and he's on his way to to Rome. Mm. And at one point he gets a phone call. His ex fiance girlfriend is like on the phone at the airport and I thought it was bizarre that she called the airport like he would she would know he was there at that exact moment but he goes over to answer the phone and he leaves his bag in this weird place because he, he hears his name over the tannoy like oh computer Neil come to the desk there's a message for you and he comes and he's, he's sort of behind other people at the front desk and they're all talking to us working at the airport and he's like, Oh, is there a phone call for me? He's like, oh, you can take it over there. And for some reason he drops his bag behind like three people who are like at the front desk. It's like a like it's the most awkward place ever because it's like they're gonna like, either trip over it when they come back, you're leaving it out in the open, and because this is what I don't get. There is no reason why he doesn't just carry it over with him to where he picks up the phone. Like where he goes is completely empty. There's no reason for him not to take his bag there. It's bizarre. He just drops it for the plot's sake of it kind of goes missing for like 30 seconds and then later on we find out it's been, you know, uh, someone's been inside it and tampered with, tampered with yeah. everything, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is famous author Peter we're talking about, you know, mm -hmm. he's not carrying his own bag around, you know, all the time. Like, that. that's... You're saying yeah, he's inexperienced in how to handle one's bags. Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah, was, you know, he probably has like, you know, people waiting on his like beck and call to carry his bags for him. He probably, you know, isn't used to having to do that by himself. So, another thing I want to say about So the first murder, so he's still on the plane and he's on his way there. And the first murder is this shoplifter. This uh, this this young woman who is caught shoplifting. She's 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 actually looking at his book, Tenebrae, in the store. And it, to be fair, 
she was gonna pay for it. I don't. <laughs> she I don't... Cla- yeah, she she casually slips it into her bag, <laughs> into her handbag, and makes her way to the door and gets caught. Uh, I love how the, uh, the 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 store like you know the security guy. He he's actually we get like a POV shot of him looking at her through the through the shelves <laughs> as if it's the serial killer watching her, but it's actually just him like she a shoplifter. I think she is. Mm. But so here's yeah, like it sucks for this woman that not only is she like about to be stalked by a serial killer, but like also like yeah, you got the security guard, you got the weird homeless guy. Like this woman just can't catch a break. Oh yeah, there's a long line of incidents with this woman <laughs> before we actually get to the murder. Because at first she gets caught shoplifting, and he's like, "Okay, come to my office now, miss." And she sits there, and here's what. So basically, this scene is that she says, "Why don't you? Why don't you drop this? Let me go. Don't like report me because I've been reported before for shoplifting. I'll give you my address." for later, implying she's exchanging sex for being let off the hook. Right? Now, that's not, like, a weird concept, right? What I think is... Uh, I'd say it is. Well, <laughs> it's weird to do in real life. And what I'm saying is, is it's just not like a, an unheard of thing is, like, using sex to bargain someone's way out okay. of trouble, right? Like, okay. I wouldn't be shocked to see that in a movie. What I think is wonderfully weird about this scene is how, like, professional and casual it all feels. Because she just, <laughs> she, she says, I'll give you my address for later, understand? It's like, oh, in that case, where do you live? And then and she's like, oh, here. It's like, oh, well, very well, then. I'll see you later. And they shake hands. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, does, he doesn't react. He, he doesn't react as if, A, shocked that she's offering this. He doesn't, like, go, oh, yes, and get all sleazy. It's, it's done with the most, I don't know, tactful... Like exchange, it's like two businessmen have just agreed upon a deal. It's weird. Yeah, and then uh, it was at that point that you immediately went to your computer and started looking up flights to Rome. <laughs> I'd also have to get a job as a security guard Tim, before I could get in on this action. Let's just keep that in mind. But it's, it's just it's such it's so weird how this should be the sleaziest scene in the movie. Is like her like try to tempt him into sex and him be like, oh yeah, I'll let you off the hook for sex. And somehow it feels so like casual. It's it's like they've just it's like she's just sold him a used car. It's weird. I don't. Yeah. It's bizarre. You know, I'm, you know whatever. I'm, you know these these sexual prudes need to get over themselves and you know just you know hey if if you like sex if uh, you want to own it use it to your advantage I, I say good on you. That's who are the prudes. <laughs> Who are you talking about? I'm confused. Know. I'm confused. Um, anyway, so yeah, she, she's on her way home. She, she catches like a bike right home. Uh, and she's walking to her house. And just like, and this is just like maybe like 50 feet from her gate to get into her house. This, there's like, there's some like, there's like a boarded fence up, right? And as she's walking past, this arm just comes out at her. And it's a homeless man who's decided that he likes how she looks. And he just has to immediately try and rape her. That is the scene. He tries to grab her and do what he wants. It's not a very successful attempt. She kicks him away quite easily. But he actually chases yeah. her after her. And like she has to like quickly like open the key in her gate. And she gets, she gets in and shuts it. And he's like, you know, at the gate, bang. I'm like, this is where she lives. This guy knows where she lives. He's living outside of her building. This is going yeah. to be a constant threat forever. I, I, oh, yeah. But he's, he's like a rabid dog. He doesn't even like try and talk to her first. He just immediately goes, Oh, woman! Oh! Oh! <laughs> yeah, it is kind of... Um, I mean, like, certainly, you know, that is 
like in a real life scenario it is scary but i I like in the movie just how over the top it is where like yeah again with this woman Mm. it's like we've known her for like you know 20 seconds and again it's just like we should point out that before we even get the shoplifting part, there's a, a old man creepily looking at her through the window. Oh, sure. So, yeah. <laughs> so every, everything in this woman's day is bouncing back and forth between perverse and, mm-hmm. you know, other perverseness. Yeah. <laughs> Perversity all over the place. Yeah. <sighs> it's, <tough. I've>, <laughs> I, I, I know, it's It's one of those weird, like this character, this homeless man, definitely feels mm-hmm. like he's out of a movie of this era. This, this type oh, yeah. of... Without just that. like instant like oh he's seen a woman so you must act like a dog yeah i think you got this a lot in like uh you know movies in the 80s like especially like with like a lot of stuff set in new york where there would always be like the grimy like dude just kind of like lurking like you know in the corner or something that would just like start like you know chasing someone like uh yeah and also like should you know maybe mention like it's not like you know, this is at night where she's like, you know, walking home know, by herself like, at midnight, like, like <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it's broad daylight. <laughs> now, uh, I, unless I, I'm forgetting, uh, I don't really think that this uh, crazed homeless man really gets any like comeuppance or anything. No, he he witnesses the murder and then he just disappears. Yeah, yeah, like they, they make you think that like this is going to be a plot point or something but like I, yeah, either he, you think at least we'll get a scene of the killer killing him just because just, he's a witness so maybe the killer will get another murder like, scene with him yeah either that or you'll see like the police questioning him or something at some point like yeah I don't know. <laughs> uh so she, she gets you know slip with the the razor blade uh, as you do and uh and i, I thought this was kind of cool like that you know uh, the killer rips pages out of the book and stuffs it in her mouth like mm. Kind of cool, but of course, there's other murders too, and I think that's probably, this is probably <laughs> one of the least interesting murders. It's actually really well done. Like I, I really like the build up to it. It makes sense this was the first one because it kind of escalates after this. Yeah. Um. The 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 lesbian couple, uh, when they get murdered, it's a really really good scene. Like that that is um. Because you get this shot, like because because the the one who's mad at the other one is downstairs, and then the camera like goes up outside the building, mm-hmm. up to the other window. It's got a nice, like, sort of sense of movement to it. It kind of it's bouncing between them really well. And then the murders themselves. These are the two murders that tend to be used as the, the, the poster or the, the, the cover image. Uh, the, the first woman gets, uh, like, it's like the, the killer stabs her T-shirt. Because she's, she's, she's putting a T-shirt on. So the shirt's up in All front right. of her face. And he slashes the shirt and she sees the killer through a window in her T-shirt. Yeah, and then he, like, was... stabs her through it. It's a really nice little sort of layout of a scene. Yeah, it, it, it like uh, looked pretty cool. It was almost kind of like a yeah, kind of like a POV shot, like through the T-shirt, which uh, it was cool. Yeah, it was it was an inventive little kill, and then the other the other woman uh, gets killed, and she ends up like hanging like off the side of the stairs with her head back and her hair's mm-hmm. going down. And again, that's often the poster. These two images um, are typically what the image will be on the poster. So um, for good reason, because it's a very very inventive uh, flashy scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh... Yeah, I have to look that up. I don't. I don't think I, I really look too much at the cover. Yeah, no. I, I think I've got a couple of covers on me. I've got. I've got the yeah, the remastered Arrow Blu-ray of it. Oh, nice. So, so they give you a couple um, of options. Yeah, I actually just watched this on Shutter, mm. but because uh, it, it is uh, available on there, if people want to watch it. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the same transfer, but the Blu-ray uh, looks really nice. Ooh, okay, it's really really pretty. Um, so to check that out. 
so yeah, so so we have that murder. We have a, obviously there's a big part of the movie is that we have the the police investigation going on, and he's also a fan of the book, so he's also kind of a suspect. You've got the the TV interviewer who is a big fan of the book and the, the author. He's kind of a suspect because he seems kind of obsessed. Uh, you have the ex-fiancé who's not supposed to be in Rome, but he keeps kind of thinking he sees her around. She's also a suspect. Um, so we have all these characters uh, characters around. Uh, and then there's other murders too. There's the, uh, the, 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 the daughter of the guy who owns the hotel who ends mm-hmm. up kind of inadvertently... Uh, you know, she kind of like ends up stumbling into the killer's lair almost. She—that's uh, the one who's running away from the dog, right? Yeah. Which, which I think is like another just funny thing you see in like Jalo a lot, where it's like, yeah, nothing to do with the killer, but just for whatever reason, there's like this evil dog that's chasing her. Yeah, uh, and she ends up in the killer's lair, realize because the killer was taking photos after his murders uh, of the crime scenes, and she finds all these photos and she runs out into the house, um, and. You hear you hear the kid go spy as, as you yeah. again. <laughs> th- th- this whole chase sequence is very good. Like I feel like any, yeah. anytime it goes into a chase sequence, the way it's shot, the music is all very stylish. It all they all works and yeah, I think definitely the I, I did notice the music in this part, which I I did think you know stand out and mm. stood out and was good. And uh, of course, Peter is trying to figure out who the killer is because of the notes that he's getting, and he ends up enlisting. Yeah, because uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know if, if we mentioned it at this point, but he's kind of getting like taunted a little bit, like he gets like a phone call from the killer and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we mentioned he was getting the letters from the, the killer, but yeah, yeah, oh, right, yeah right, he gets okay. a phone call at one point as well. And uh, he's looking into it. He's trying to figure it out, and he's he's got help. He's got he's a uh, he's assistant Anne, who's sort of very friendly with him. It's kind of right. hinted that there may be a romantic connection here, but they've not really went down that Ooh. path yet. Yeah. And then you, and then you have uh, Gianni, who's like this guy that he's agent played by John Saxon. Uh, his agent has basically got to work for free just to like drive him around I, and do whatever. And, and it's kind of funny because you have like half the characters are just like Peter, Jane, Annie, and then the other half are like Gianni. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's because half of them are American and half of them are Italian. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying there's a reason for it. It's not that weird. But, but Peter thinks he's sussed out who the killer is. He thinks it's the, the, the TV uh, interviewer, right? He thinks it's him. So they actually go to his house. And if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're paying attention, you actually notice this looks like the same house that the, the girl died in. The, you know, the one who was running from the dog. You're like, oh, is this, is this it? And they, 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 but then the interviewer gets killed because uh, Gianni goes up to the window and looks in and he sees the interviewer get killed. And this is another very giallo thing here is that he just kind of blacks out like any memory of anything useful oh, that he yeah, saw, yeah, yeah. and he's like, oh, "I don't know, what all happened so fast. There was there was an axe murderer, but I, I didn't see anything or hear anything until later on when he goes back and looks at the, this crime scene again, and he's like, oh, "Wait a minute, the interviewer was the killer, but there's been more murders since then. There's a new killer." Yeah, <laughs> and this was the he gets an axe to the head. Yes, if I remember correctly. Okay, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Um, was that? The TV interview gets hacked to the head. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you were talking about. No, uh, Gianni, after he figures this out, goes back to his car and then he gets strangled from behind. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so... Uh, but it's, in all this chaos, right, so the, the ex-fiancé who has had a bit of a weird relationship with Peter, she is in Rome, but it turns out the twist is... Oh, I say twist, but she, she's in a, she's having a relationship with the agent, with uh, John Saxon's character, and they're together, and she's there for him. And then he's meant to meet her for lunch at like one o'clock in the afternoon, and it's broad daylight, the middle of like a, a very public like square, right? 
And you know, there's a, there's a good scene here because it, it builds up for a while. Where he's sitting there, he's waiting for her, and there's a kid with a ball, and there's, you know, lots of things happening. And then someone comes up. He actually smiles. He recognizes who it is, and then gets stabbed by this person, mm-hmm. and then runs off. And we see, and we think, oh, was that her? Was that this Jane, the ex-fiance? Was it not? Um, and it, but then it looks like she arrived after that and then left because there's this motif with the red shoes. You think that the, the red shoes are important, and you see oh, yeah. her in the red shoes. And it keeps, and, and at this point we've seen the the flashbacks with like the big red high heels, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. There's bizarre flashbacks, and we don't have any context for these uh, until the end of the movie when we find out who it is. But uh, those flashbacks again, sleazy, where <laughs> this woman is with four men on a beach. There's no one else there, and she sort of starts to disrobe and kind of t- luring them in, and. F- one of the men, however, does not like satisfy her or whatever, and she basically pushes him down and humiliates him, and her and the other three men uh, beat him. Basically, it's this humiliating, yeah. beaten uh, uh, scene, right? Uh, she shoves her like high heel, which is just this like beautiful like red that really like pops on the screen, and she's just like mm. shoving it down his throat, which really, I don't know, kind of made me squirm for some reason. I don't know. It's just, oof. And we get this scene again later on where like the same woman is like walking by a pool or something like that and then there's a POV of someone coming out and then right. stabbing her, right? So there seems to be a revenge for that act. Whoever was humiliated then stabbed. And we find out at the end, of course, that that is actually Peter himself. That <laughs> Peter, after he discovered that the, the, the newsman was the was the killer, uh, he, he became the killer thinking he could probably blame it on him. He could blame the killings on whoever was doing the killings already. And he yeah. kills his agent he then goes and kills, you know, as we're getting towards the end of the film, he goes and kills his ex-fiancée. This, this is the wonderful axe-through-the-window scene and then the, and the arm, like, amputation. This is just, oh, it's just so bloody. It's just beautiful. And, and again, like, just the, you know, the thing with Argento is just his colors just pop so so well mm. on screen. It's just like this, you know, bright white wall just being smothered in blood. It is so great. And uh, she like stumbles around for a bit with her arm cut off and then gets properly killed. And then that's when the detective shows up and we actually find out the camera comes up and we see it's Peter who's, who's the killer here. And then the detective comes in with with um, with Anne and it's like you oh, he's figured it out. Oh, it's you, you know, you you're the one who who killed killed uh, these last couple. And this is why, in fact, he ends up killing uh, the the female detective, like his partner, because she like shows up at the place first. And and he axes her to death. So, and then when he's found out, he actually stumbles forward and then turns around and then slits his own throat with a razor blade. However, when they come back in later, the body's not there, and we find out that there was a trick razor blade that was spurting out fake blood. And then there's actually there's a a fantastic shot here where the detective was like, you know, he's like, you know, kind of like my shot here, and then he kneels down to like check something, and Peter's standing directly behind him, like he was perfectly. It was perfectly framed in front of him, so that as soon as he moved, you could see him, but you couldn't see him before that. It was a really well done shot, um, yeah. and he kills him. And then the movie ends with uh, Anne coming back, and during the kerfuffle before, there was like a, this fancy art sculpture like knocked against the door, and she like forces the door open, and the art sculpture <laughs> fires a piece into Peter, which kills him, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> It seems like kind of weirdly out of nowhere. Like it, it it, it's a cool scene, but it is kind of like, oh wait, what? 
I'll tell you a little detail I liked about this though is when he gets impaled with this sort of like so it's like a metal spike almost or not spike it's it's like it's like a metal yeah, it's cone. Like kind of, yeah, it's more of a sort of circular thing to it. But mm-hmm. I like that when he's he's trying to like take it out when he's like dying. I like that his hands are too slippy with the blood and his hands just yeah. keep moving like that. And I thought that was kind of cool. It was a nice little touch. Yeah, it, it definitely looked really cool. Um, and this is what I was talking about earlier uh, with this whole. Uh, <clears throat> reveal where it's like, oh no, like he's a killer. Like, yeah, I guess technically, you know, there was a- another killer earlier and stuff. So uh, that's kind of interesting. But it just always seems like kind of the least like interesting thing you can do when it's like, oh no, the main character was the killer all along. Like, I mean, admittedly, maybe this wasn't really a cliche yet because um, it's like early '80s or whatever. But yeah, you know, when it, when I saw it, I was kind of like, ah. Eh. Well, Tim, like, it wasn't all along. Yeah. It was only from about halfway right, right, through. Right. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> we have to be, yeah, we have just, to be distinct about this in this yeah. case. But I mean, it's not like I mean, like you said, like when you're coming to Jalo movies, you, you know, you're not really like there for the plot for the most yeah, part. Yeah, uh, the the, the, uh, the plot is just kind of what it is, and it's kind of weird in places. And like I say, there's like after murders where like the cop and the then Peter will be, be chatting and they'll be kind of like theorising because he's a horror writer and he, he does these murder mysteries where they're talking about it in the context of it being a murder mystery and it's so casual and friendly and it's just <laughs> like no one seems to react like there's actually just been murders it's just very bizarre in that sense but yeah I um yeah I, I do I do like the idea though of the like horror author like this is very like you know big Stephen King trope <laughs> oh yeah um, like uh, actually remind me of a book I uh, actually read pretty recently of his uh, the dark half which you know is also about kind of like this big horror writer I'm who is uh, fairly sure I saw the movie of that you know I um actually just bought the movie uh, I haven't watched it yet um but I I've heard it's not that great but the book is really good but uh it it sucks because it is a you know Stephen King property being adapted by George Romero you think it'd be a home run but I heard it's just kind of like eh. Yeah, it was only like a mediocre. It was fine. <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching it though. Um, yeah, so I, I oh, something I wanted to talk about specifically. Um, the lighting. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> I'll come back to it if it's important. I'll come back to it. We'll have you. Um, yeah, I think the pacing's pretty good. I don't think it, uh, it sags too much. No, it's like a, it's a pretty brisk like. What, somewhere between 90 100 minutes yeah it's about 100 minutes and like i say the kill scenes are all nicely evenly spread out throughout the movie um they all take their time they all have a nice big build up to the kill um so you know actually here's the thing i want to talk about is the odd meta narrative with this where early on in the film the tv interviewer like starts talking to him about his novel he's like oh do you think your novels are sexist because of everything they do in fact the uh one of the, the women in the, the the lesbian relationship who's like is, who's also like a, an interviewer who seems to know him as well. That was the weird thing for me is that when he greeted, um, what was what was her name? Oh, I can't remember. But when he when he greeted the, the the person from the relationship that he knew, he seemed to know her already. Like he, you know, he embraced her, he hugged her, he kissed her on the cheek, and then she's the one that's murdered like second, and there's like almost no reaction from him about the fact that she died but anyway so she she like questions at the start oh do you think your book's sexist because of this your women the women are always the 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 the, the, the killed and the men are always these masculine characters and she's questioning all these things 
And then the, the interviewer, the TV interviewer, also questions along some of these lines. And all I was thinking was, is this like some sort of weird meta thing that he put in here because <laughs> his his films have been critiqued for for these same issues? Um, which I think is funny when you think that the ending it turns out to be that the writer is the killer. Um, I don't know what he's saying about himself. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I feel like it would make more sense if this movie had come out later because i feel like uh it, it seems like it'd be kind of like a an, like this is like what 82 or something 82 or, yeah yeah so I, I don't know, it seems like such an early time for people to be really thinking about that kind of like meta stuff and like you know really making big points about i guess like you know feminism and, and like horror and, and stuff like it, it feels like such an early time for those well, discussions I- I feel like I think it was being discussed outside of the films at yeah. the time. It may have been early for the for oh, okay. meta narratives, yeah. but I, I think that was always a thing. It, you know, as, as soon as like Halloween hit, I think we were, you know, I, I think uh, Siskel and Ebert, you know, back in the day, were even talking about it a lot. Oh, uh, okay. You know, in their reviews about horror films. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. I wonder if he put that in as a, like, a, oh, I keep getting shit for yeah. all this, so I'm going to put a character in here who turns out to be he's the like, killer. I, I don't know if he's maybe saying, yeah, stop, stop harassing me about it. I'll turn into a killer and kill you. You bastards, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, that could have been maybe a a fun, interesting thing to explore, but yeah, it doesn't really get brought up much uh, anywhere else. No, it doesn't. It, it kind of falls yeah. away as the movie as the movie goes on, but uh, yeah. it stuck out to me at the start. Um, but yeah, the movie looks really good. The kills are really good. Yeah, it's really stylish. Yeah. Music's good. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I say again. I want to sound like I was too harsher on it. It's uh, it's good. It's just not my favorite Argento, but it's definitely like you know up there with his stuff and you know Jalo in general. If you like it, it's you know very entertaining movie. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's you know it goes by pretty fast. It's not something I was bored during or anything. All right, I will rate the movie at a ten. Then tell me what you're giving it. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It's uh, I hope it doesn't feel too low, but I think I'm gonna give it like a seven point five. Like a, again, there's a lot of good stuff, but it just wasn't really there for me for like that kind of upper echelon of uh stuff that I like. But I would definitely watch it again, and yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm not even reading that much higher. I'm giving it a straight eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, sure. I think it's a fantastic uh, example of a giallo movie. Um, and all, all, all the all the pros that comes with that, all the cons that come with that. Yeah. Um, but that's the sort of thing you just have to know what you're getting into. But uh, no, uh, very good. So um, that that is uh, that is Tenebrae. That is that has been an episode of Screams After Midnight on Tenebrae. Of course, head over to Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV if you want to support the show and the channel. Uh, there's a bunch of bonuses over there, like voting for a movie every month. Um, you can do that. Like this one was. You can also add movies to the crypt, which is like a to-do list of movies that our patrons can add to. Everyone can look at the, the list of the crypt movies, but only the patrons can add to it. Um, so you can do that, and then of course, if you want to support us in other ways, such as you know liking, subscribing, commenting, just letting us know what you think, um, all that stuff. Watch the ads on YouTube; all all that helps as well. So um, you can do that. Uh, get us on Twitter, mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, uh, so that's us. So thank you, thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>